Thanks again for making the time and tuning in to Jay Fuller Interviews. Yes, my name is Jeff Fuller, Jay Fuller Interviews on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Jay Fuller Interviews, and now the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews. We believe people's stories make our stories much better if we will make the time, take the time, and listen to unlearn what we thought was right, to relearn what is right. One with a tremendous story is Chris Holmes. Chris, welcome in. Thanks for having me. So uh, where are you located right now? So like I'm located in the Houston area, uh, Houston, Texas, that is. Uh, where you have the Houston Texans, the Rockets and all that, part of Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, I'm a southbound of the United States. Um, so I pretty much like it. You know how they say everything's big in Texas and it's all about achieving big dreams and more. So all about elevating. How old are you, Chris? I'm about 22 now. I'm playing. So my <laughs> actual age is 29, but I know that if I shave this, I'm screwed. <laughs> so I got to have a little something to keep me look a little older. But um, I take care of myself. I'm 29, but in a few months, I'll be 30. So I'll be in the 30 door. The there people, you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy birthday. I'm 46 and nobody can believe that uh, I was born in 1975, but I was. So, hey, there you go. Man, you just jumped in the family youth. That's all it is. <laughs> Look at that million dollar smile. <laughs> well, Chris, thanks again for uh, making the time. We just want to talk a little bit about your story. Did you grow up in the Houston area? So um, not a, not really. So my hometown is in Huntsville, Texas, where Sam Houston State Bearcats, they just won a national title in their area. Yes, so I got to go ahead and shout out my eat em up cats. And so, um, and later on, I transitioned into the Houston area where I do most of my business. But I grew up in Huntsville, like very humble beginnings, mostly raised by my mom, grandparents, and them in a church home where they taught me a lot of um, basically foundation to, you know, grow me and to have like a, something to follow on. And then of course through experiences and meeting like coaches and much more, I became um, more into different experiences, uh, just learning what not to do through mistakes because you know, you learn from your mistakes and just becoming like the best version of myself. So most of my life I was um, born in the Huntsville area with humble beginnings and where I, uh, in the future I, I did go to Sam Houston, graduated from there for the Bearcats. And we can dive even more on today if we want to. So I yeah. have a little interest and touch on that. But it's all inspirational to elevate people. Uh, real good. Again, this is Chris Holmes on Instagram. It's at C Holmes. And there is an E at the end. So it's C-H-O-L-M-E-S underscore on Instagram. Chris, did you have any siblings? So no, I'm an only child. So I think that with that, like um, it allowed time for my imagination and creativity to go. So I was a person who always thought a lot of different things on like life or just kind of being creative with writing and much more because you get so many different influences. So of course, yeah, you know, every child has a moment where they have been a little kid, but as I got older, I had time to really think on different things, write more uh, and explore more and listen to different things and then experience. And I think that allowed me to actually go outside my comfort zone and do different things. Because the interesting thing about that is in high school, I was writing a lot of different poetry pieces and much more. I had a heavy influence, uh, a big influence in my life when it came to writing poetry was Tupac Shakur and his book, The, Ro uh, the Rose That Grew From a Concrete. Because mm -hmm. uh, I thought, you know, the original poetry had to be like rose red, violets and blue, this is the early <laughs> stages. And then I read that book and it had a book of poems by Tupac Shakur. 
and it actually opened my mind, oh, you know, there's different forms and types of ways you can express yourself as any other art. And I just carried that influence and started writing more in high school. And then started sharing with friends and they started liking it. And then I had the guts to show it to my teacher and said, oh, this is dope. And after that, I just flew off and I just kept going. And by the time I graduated high school, I had like a whole, this is before all this. Yeah. Um, Adobe and all that much yeah, more. Yeah. I had like a stack of paper. So I went old school just <laughs> <laughs> writing a pen, putting the folder, writing the pen, putting the folder and trying to keep a stack of it. Who nurtured that creativity in you? You said you were raised primarily by your mom and your grandparents. Were they all for you doing that? Or were they telling you you're going to have to get a real job someday? So just learn something that might be more meaningful at that time in your life. So um, my mom, I would say she would be, yes, pursue it, but probably a little bit more on, yeah, you need to get a job. My grandparents, especially my grandma, she was more of like, pursue whatever your passion is and much more. And I'm not gonna lie, a lot of times I went to my grandma. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like the exit way to do some more of the things. But I'm thankful for that because it allowed me to express myself in many different ways because it allowed me to go outside my comfort zone because mostly we, especially in business or a lot of things, they say like a job, is like a fundamental thing of a safety net because you know in entrepreneurship, especially in creativity, there's like no safety net. Yeah. You don't. It's just like sweat shop. So um, hearing the the wisdom and love from my um, grandma allowed me and my grandpa because my grandpa was in a music group called hmm. the Southern Paraders. So both of those allowed me to express myself and just take on chances with me to be creative like that. Even though I knew the safety net was gone, I was going to take chances like that. Now, Chris, uh, Soul Productions 1, that's on Instagram as well. You can follow at Soul Productions 1, a little bit of what you're doing now. Just talk to me about this creativity and uh, coming out in this fashion. Is this what you always dreamt of or did it just kind of grow in a way that uh, went you know, in a direction you didn't anticipate to begin with? So the funny thing about the um, soul production originally started as a t-shirt business, <laughs> which would be kind of crazy. Like, like well, you went to media straight from um, t-shirts? Yes, that's one heck of a storyline. So it started off as just t-shirts, just ex expressing different um, quotes and much more from highly impacting people, like from Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, expressing the voice. And um, it just grew from there. And then the pictures of the cameras came later on when I was helping a, out a good friend, uh, one of my best friends at the time, he bought this expensive camera and I thought he was crazy for this. So I was like, you spent all that money on this camera? And this is during the time, oh God, um, MySpace. So a yeah. bunch of guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to have a nice profile picture. And he was talking about how this expensive camera is gonna have this nice sharp pictures. And I was like, oh yeah, it's very sharp, but I'm not spending that kind of money on that kind of camera. It's like, all right, whatever, just take the pictures of me. I'm like, okay, whatever, but I, I'm not buying one of these. Put the camera in my hand. I didn't know what exactly I was doing. It was all auto settings, just being honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, uh, okay, I think this is how you snap it. And then I was like, okay, whatever. And then gave him back to the camera. He's like, oh, these are nice, do it again. You putting this expensive camera back in my hand? All right, you know, to do some more photos. Yeah. And then gave it back, like, oh, okay. You might have a camera eye. And 
I don't know why that stuck in my head when I went home. And you know, you have that, I think it's a transition, like, do I have a camera? Nah, I don't, he was playing. I ain't getting that camera much, nah, mm-hmm. it's too expensive. So I feel like that is like the progression because a lot of people go through that in business or being creative. They had a little battle inside the mind, like, should I pursue this or should I, pursue, or should I not? And I said, you know, I'm gonna take a chance. I did not spend that kind of much money on my first camera. I'll say that right now. I did not, because I didn't have that kind of money for that camera. I went to Walmart and bought, I think it, the camera name was like Coolpix or something. I think it was right. Coolpix. I'm pretty sure it was Coolpix. One of those $40, $50 cameras with the free software. And it was like about the probably the size of my hand. Probably a little bit smaller than I got the hands. But this is like the size of that. And I took that camera out took some pictures of things around the house. I was like, okay, I'm going to try my best with this free software, free, <laughs> to yeah. make this look good. So take some pictures, do some made with the free software, post them online. Oh, these are nice. Hmm. All right, cool. Went from there and then I was like, um, maybe I need to take a pictures of a person. This is a, a very good nugget for somebody, you know, taking a leap of faith, just trying new things. And then I was like, oh, I need a person. Caught a home girl up. Uh, you feel like being a model? She, I know she's going crazy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm over here outside uh, in downtown uh, in the Huntsville area taking pictures with my small camera, acting like I got this big expensive camera. And I know other people driving by like, what the heck are y'all doing? These, these kids are, are doing something crazy. But after I posted those pictures, it sparked because they're like, oh, okay. You do professional photos? Hmm. Yeah. How much you charge? <laughs> How much I charge? <laughs> You know, Google was trying to figure right, something right, like right. Uh, this price. All right, cool. I want to book for this day. All right. <laughs> and it just kept momentum from like taking pictures of different people in my area, then local artists. And it just kept going from there because I had to figure out at one point I got a um, bigger gear. I was like, okay, I got to get a camera, I got an actual DSLR. <laughs> and that was during my college that I took my refund. Take them as your resources. <laughs> you know, yeah. you get the little money from your. Um, grants and all that much more. I took that money, got my first camera DSLR, and I just took advantage of networking. Uh, that's one great value I want to give people right now is take advantage of where you're at in your environment and network, talk. You never know who you're talking sure. to because that led to a lot of my clients that want graduation pictures and more. And as I was taking pictures, naturally, I bumped into people doing video DSLRs and went from originally a printing a t-shirt business to now having photography and then networking with people on the college campus, doing video, messing uh, and networking with DJs, then trying to learn sounds. Yeah, yeah. So just like it slowly progressed as I bumped into each person. And if there's one thing I would tell the audience that are listening today is as you're going through life, you may not go the traditional uh, uh, route that you thought you was, but it's there for a reason. So maybe you want to go this way, but then life directs you in another way. And now you're learning all the skills and much more to progress, which eventually landed me here today as I was writing books and much more. So I kind of quick summed it because I know you have more yeah. questions, but the main point I want to give is like, just enjoy the journey, experiences, and learn from each person that you bump into. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, you can follow at Soul Productions one on Instagram, also at C Holmes underscore. My sister freelances for a couple uh, local newspapers, and uh, she got in good doing what you just said, where she would just take pictures at sporting events. And then when she posted those pictures, 
parents said, well, I think I want some senior pictures. And it led to some wedding pictures. And it really took off. And I feel, and she is my sister and I'm proud of her, but because she was so teachable, when did I, when did you learn the necessity to be teachable and that you didn't know it all? I will be honest. I was a knucklehead in the beginning. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to do much to go Because <laughs> straight from an 18, 19 year old. You start making sure. a little money sometimes, you get a little full of yourself. And then you just eventually you see bigger competition and some of them are like, hey, you may need to start learning and listening. So, but during, let's say, I would say like sophomore, junior year, I would really learn like, okay, I'm kind of not keeping up with the pace. I need to sit down, sit myself down and learn and just listen. And that is the biggest thing I will say in life in general is of course you don't have natural talents and much more, but you gotta come to a point where you gotta listen to others so that you can become better. And that is just the process. Even in the classroom, you learn from others and become better. Even the great athletes, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, and much more had great coaches to teach them different skill sets. Uh, They didn't get to that a level without having a coach. And so with my experiences and then learning from others, I helped to do that with my production company by providing the photo, video, have my podcast, Next Level Thinking, and then just taking advantage of all my production skills, networking with others, cut forward to either like capture your moments, like of course, like you said, or like weddings, graduations, or just help expose your talents by producing that video or your video to be the expert in your field and much more because everybody has a dream. I'm just here to help create that content or just help you reach different audiences. And then as you put in the work, you connect the pieces a bit by bit. So that's the dream. Yeah, that's a dream. And uh, it does take a special talent to uh, pick that up. And um, when you were younger, what were your interests? Was it photography or was it sports, music? What were you into as a kid that was just trying to have fun and hang out? So my interest as a kid, like you can see the transition in mine. Yeah. In the beginning, I'm not gonna lie, all straight video games, straight <laughs> Nintendo, Zelda, all that and much more. And then you know how you, I know you know probably of this show like Toonami, where they yeah. had the anime and all that much more. Yeah. Then I got into uh, the popular series of DBZ, Dragon Ball Z, sure. and then the much more of the action. Now, one thing that I loved about, and the reason I'm bringing these up, Toonami and DBZ, is like there was a lot of hidden messages, especially in Toonami in the commercial segments. Right. Um, I love how Toonami would have little snippets of mixing multiple anime series. And you, I actually highly recommend you look these up on YouTube. Um, just type in Toonami Inspiration, because what they would do with mixing a lot of anime, and like I remember one of them, it had uh, a mixture of DBZ outlaw and I think much more saying like a boy has the right to dream. He has endless possibilities before him. And you're telling a little, mm. little kid, of course, they're watching the anime that. Right. But you're hearing this over and over. And then like hearing other parts of it, like you got to go out and pursue your own pathway. So like, you know, when you wow. become an adult, you got to step out and go outside your comfort zone and do your own thing. And then I think at near the end, one of that segment is you had uh he was in a rocket and he was about to blast off and they were saying like right before that scene it's like you're just gonna keep running away you know a lot of people like to run away from like what they need to run into or confront uh confront to overcome and actually elevate yeah. and a lot of people run away from that instead of setting a dream so it's like little things like that which from that 
and then to listening to uh, coming back to Tupac, of course, you know, the West Side, East Side, and all that much right, more right. hip hop. Yeah. But Tupac was a very inspirational poet, revolutionary, and much more. But he had messages in his song, like Dear Mama, and all that much more that had impacting messages, especially for people who grew up in that culture and difficult uh, childhood, and much more. So I was listening to him a lot, his lyrics. And then, of course, he had nods and much more. So I had a heavy uh, hip hop inspiration, especially from the heavy lyric, uh, lyricist. And then I said, OK, I can write out and to express myself through hmm. my experiences or through others, just watching and looking at other people's experiences and then try to be their voice by writing myself, writing their story through poetry. And that what led to the arose grew from a concrete uh, Tupac uh, book. And then it came to my writing into high school. And so from there, do my little thing of doing a little rap and much more into photography, into the video, seeing things like uh, all this production, and then Tyler Perry and all that, which is all still in the creative space. Yeah. So it's like all these little things I feel like added to forming the person I am today. But I had to go through those. I feel like if I skipped one of those steps, I wouldn't be thinking like I am today. That's excellent. As a pastor, I always uh, talk about when God's Word says we need to renew our mind to be transformed. And it makes me think of your podcast, Next Level Thinking. When did you realize what you thought you knew wasn't enough and you had to go to that next level in thinking? So I feel like that was a good chunk of my life, to be honest, because I always thought there was something bigger. There has to be something bigger. And that's where like a good chunk, I mean, that like the origin of like next level thinking it's because like a uh, guy always thinking bigger knowing that his environment is not where it's going to end always trying to be creative to find that way to unlock or break through the walls to get beyond the expectation of what society says you are should be and go beyond that and much more and especially when it came to next level thinking is it started off in the garage one of my homeboys and so, like, I think this is a good, I, I'm pretty sure it started around when I started looking at Gary Vee. You know, Gary Vee is very huge on content, post, post, and all that, and much more. So I was getting the whole little energy momentum from here, from Gary Vee. Like, you just post material, just post it out there. And uh, your voice can be just stop trying to perfect it and just put it out there. And I was like, hmm, he has all this content from YouTube. Maybe I should try doing something similar. And I just had that thought process of just always want to elevate. And I said, okay, next level thinking my thoughts. So starting like the garage of my homeboy, we hit like multiple different topics all at once on the first episode. Definitely not as structured as it is now, but that was like <laughs> the beginnings. That's how you start with anything. You come with a plan, like, okay, we're going to execute like this. And then you're like, okay, we did it, but uh, maybe we shouldn't have did that. <laughs> uh, maybe we should do something differently. But that's just the beauty of learning. I mean, from anything, if you think of like any of the great inventions from electricity, planes, um, Elon Musk sending rockets out of space, the computers, the smartphones, like never, all of this was at one point impossible. And I had a person just constantly, hmm, that didn't work, try this, hmm, that didn't work, try this, hmm, I'll try this again, just being consistent and not giving up. Hey, so jump on the gram and follow at Soul Productions 1, the number one, at Soul Productions, the number one. Chris Holmes makes some time at C Holmes underscore. 
Chris, this last year and a half has definitely been a difficult one where we've needed next level thinking. I am a Korean. I was born in Seoul, South Korea, but I was adopted when I was a year old. So I'm more of a Vermont redneck than anything else. But how have you been able to process not just the pandemic or the social injustice or the political unrest, but how have you been able to focus on adding value to others when there seems to be such a divide among everyone at this point? Yeah, so my production definitely came heavy into this period. It was like a reality check for everyone, to be honest, uh, because we were so used to so many things being at the palm of our hands and a lot of people thought they were secure and then that whole safety net just was removed. And like I said, like this, like you said earlier, it's a, a awakening with a lot of different social issues and much more. So when it came to my production, especially when they had the uh, George Floyd uh, march in Houston, I took my camera out and recorded all the different segments of people marching and like letting their voice be heard because I believe every person has a voice. I always say this phrase that every person, every person is a page in the book of life and we basically need to listen to them and we learn from each other. There's so many different issues, not only this needs to be addressed. And so I use my podcast to bring different guests to speak on different things, uh, my video to capture those is much more. And then with this utilizing and realize the value of applications such as Zoom, because yeah, remember the yeah. whole, all the areas went on lockdown. So many people are used to being in a, a traditional office space uh, within the walls. And when you can't even go to work because everybody's fearing safety, it makes you or forces you into uh, to adapt to different environments, what is happening today. And I think, you know, a lot of people were like, I don't like this, but I feel like that needs to ha happen. And the reason why I said it, because it forced people to be more flexible. And then people started realizing the value of technology in a very harsh kind of time and finding out different ways where we can still find ways to keep life going in some kind of way because you had families that couldn't see each other like in person, but then they use Zoom to at least have some kind of form of connection so they can see their face, their emotions, their expressions, and much more. You have people having like parties on Zoom just so they can feel like yeah, they're yeah. like out there with everybody else, even though they're inside, just to kind of get that experience because in life you want to explore and get out much more. So in those situations when fear was on the elevated high level, you had that connection with actual brothers and sisters like me and you still connecting through Zoom and much more. And with that, I hit a lot of different episodes in my podcast. Just giving some inspiration, value, and definitely hitting and challenging the mindset because I, the biggest battle I think in life starts with the mind. You can put, you can form your own reality. You can say in your mind, oh, this is horrible. Like what's going on? life is good you see how like negative that is yeah, yeah. or you can switch around and be like okay this may be a challenge but we will overcome well we will be great we will adapt we will innovate we'll find a solution it's a completely different kind of energy and just you know thought process and so i use my production to give different value or just inspiration or knowledge on when it came to that because we we all go through different challenges i mean <laughs> Human nature is to find ways to adapt. We're not just yeah. going to be staying in the defense. You put a person back against the ropes, you're going to find a way to get out. Right, right.
Hey, so how or were you able to connect with your mom and grandparents over this last year and a half? So my connection with my parents was still pretty close because um, I have a close bond with Huntsville. And so I was in the area. Of course, during that time, I was barely in Houston, to be honest, because everything was shut down. Yeah. Like it was like a ghost town. It was crazy going straight through 45 and you literally go from the south side of Houston to the other side. And within minutes, it's like, okay, it's like one of those surreal movie kind of scenes. But with me personally, I was able to still stay in good involvement with my family because we were all close by or just for those in different areas to make phone calls um, just to keep that connection there. And of course, you have some that just use Zoom. And then yeah. you have Facebook and a lot. That's one of the big platforms where people had to share different posts and just jump into those like private rooms on Facebook. They can have their connection there. So technology uh, helped me stay connected. I'm pretty sure for everybody else it did as well. But um, I think the biggest thing with this whole uh, pandemic and learn, it will expose a lot of things that was going on in this world that need to have like shined on. It should have been talked about a long time ago. It forced us to adapt, which, and then make use of our technology to advance even further. But also I feel like it made us realize how precious life is. Yeah. So we have so much going on. People losing close ones are much more like uh, in my home area, lost a good uh, friend who worked at the prison as a guard, a barber. And these are kind of people that like you think it's not going to happen to them. They're cool. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And they'll be all right. And then all of a sudden it's gone. So it made you um, realize the importance of life. Enjoy it and just live to the fullest. Yeah, that's really good and a great reminder. If you're speaking to an 11 or 12-year-old kid and uh, you just remember and reminisce back when you were younger, you mentioned that you came from humble beginnings and a student just says, hey, Chris, I just uh, am struggling, whether they define it as mental wellness or not, you can just tell that they're struggling. What, what advice would you tell to that young student? Well, I will go back to what someone I said previously. It's like your current situation is in your reality. Um, everybody goes through tough times. I've met people who like single mothers, homeless, bankruptcy, lost it all. Uh, even with your, whatever you believe in, uh, in religious texts, you have uh, Joe, Joe who lost pretty much everything still came back from that. It's just your thought process and then fighting through it. So, you have to put in your mindset. It goes back to it's a mindset thing. Uh, of course, I know it's not easy, but you have to, for, uh, most importantly, believe in yourself and having that strong belief in yourself because it's going to be a lot of times where you may be alone. A lot of people fear being alone, but you, it's the way that you view being alone that can change your reality. You can think of this as like the most you know, traumatic thing or you can just see it as a time to build yourself. I. I use it as a time to build myself because I know like this is not going to be the only time I go through like, you know, a little down spill. But any times I have moments like that, I think what happened, see how to address or what can I learn from this? And I grow myself. So, of course, like I didn't start thinking like this overnight. I had every probably thought that everybody else did struggling to get overcome. But you keep, keep being persistent. The main thing is being consistent to overcome and just keep your dreams alive. Keep the belief in your side. And you're going to hear criticism. Use that criticism as momentum to overcome. Everything that you are doing now will project your future to where you shall become. 
So don't allow your current situation to determine your end. It's just the beginning. So let it be bright. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Chris Holmes, uh, just staying on with us. A couple questions that won't get you out. Hopefully fun questions. I think it was on Facebook or perhaps somewhere you posted that you were doing some push-ups that you're trying to get back in shape. How difficult is that to really try to get back into shape? And before you answer, my son was a freshman in college and uh, he started to work out. And so it kind of pushed me to uh, push these old bones to get back in shape. And it's a struggle. It is so tough to uh, get back in shape. But what about yourself? What kind of caused you to say, hey, I need to start doing these push-ups or whatever the rest of your routine is? <laughs> nice. Uh, the funny thing is I've actually been working out for several months already, so I lost a tremendous amount of weight. Um, but it, it was just a reality check. Um, first, like before even the pandemic, started having honestly like chest pain started feeling dragging mm -hmm. and all that and much more so honestly and i'm not saying don't let it get to that point but it was a reality check for me that something needs to change so i can start feeling better and of course the hardest thing is getting started so what when you first start of course it's gonna be hard i can't it was hard just <laughs> um, i cussed myself out in so many different languages i can think of in the beginning because i'm like why in the world am i putting myself through this Especially like the first week, and you know, after your first workout, you was just like, I am sore. I got to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> you just hate it. But it's just putting in your mindset to be consistent. So the first week was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I super hated it. <laughs> but I pushed through the second week. It got a little bit better. But one thing is, it's like if you put your mind to perform a certain action, your body will follow. So the first couple, to two, maybe three weeks was rough then your body adjusts and it starts getting used to it. And so I started off doing like just one mile a day and then just started doing from two and just being persistent with that. And then fast forward and I got a trainer and then he hyped this up with the workout routine. Thankfully, I already had a good amount of cardio yeah. before I got to that point. And so he just added more different weights. And so I started really trimming my body and much more to physique myself. And cause I really want to get like by definition my body. So it's yeah. been a good journey and changing my diet. Oh Lord have mercy. I, that, that was a challenge. <laughs> when you are going everywhere and you see all oh, your favorite spots, and you're like I can't eat this. I can't eat that either. Uh, it's like, come on, maybe it's a little bit. Nope. I can't have that. It's just staying disciplined and um, being consistent with it. Discipline is the biggest thing because it is easy to get off track. Uh, it's hard to be consistent with it, but you got to fight through it. But the results will be well worth it. So you got to fight through that. And so you get to the body that you will plan to in the future because I lost a good amount of pounds. And then the funny thing about doing this is as you are consistent with this, you never know who's watching. Right. So right. now I got people over there. Oh, yeah, what's the workout routine? And I got people watching, getting motivated. And then you have people who may pull you to the side, like you motivate me to work out. Or like, you know what, I saw these workouts, I know so I just need to get my stuff together too. You're not like, oh, oh yeah. shoot, now I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> now you have a why and people watching you. <clears throat> of course, my why was like, of course, my health and become having a better body. But now I also have people looking uh, inspiration of what I'm doing too. So I want, I don't want to be like, oh, well, because he started working, I thought I was going to, you know, slow down. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not about to have that weight on me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to keep pushing through <laughs> and keep other people because it keeps <laughs> me accountable to keep going through.
Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. And it's a reminder for myself. It's little by little and being consistent instead of just trying to max out every day and uh, blow out your joints. But hey, Chris, I noticed on Facebook that you have 5,000 Facebook friends. I got in just under the wire, but that means like you can't add any more people. How does that make you feel to know that you have maxed out that personal uh, Facebook account? My, my honest opinion, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I wanted to do hate with a passion because I want to, I'm constantly going to be networking with different people from across the world. And so like at times I have to like, oh shoot, let me see what accounts are not doing anything that yeah, may yeah. have been deleted. Cause one thing I wish, now I hope Facebook is listening. Y'all need to have a feature when people delete their account instead of taking up space on your friends yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, you can kind yeah. of filter that out. <laughs> It'll make everybody's life so much easier. But I, yeah, I don't really like that because I meet so many different people and like to network with. And at times, you know, oh, I sent you a friend request and then got through. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. See what account is not there. One thing that I did start doing, and I, if I would have known earlier, I, I did was like, now I make, I have a Facebook group. So there is no capital that comes to Facebook right, group. Right, so anybody right. I connect with, I try to send them links so they can join that and just to keep building from there. So on Facebook, if you want to network, do this early, create your group and send people over there. And you don't have to worry about your friends. <laughs> for, yeah, for sure. And right now you can follow on uh, Instagram at C Holmes underscore at C Holmes underscore. Also soul productions one soul productions, the number one, we're going to get you out. Hopefully a fun question. I stole this from Hernando Planos, who is a, a basketball coach. Uh, he has a be contagious podcast. I love it so much, but the question he asks his guests at the end, is if or when, and probably in your case, when that feature film is made about your life, who do you want to play you in that feature film? Oh, man. You're going to put me on the spot. And I'll, I'll share. I'll, I'll share while you think. I'll give you a little little break. So for myself and uh, my wife just shakes her head now, but I always say Dwayne the Rock Johnson can okay. play me in that feature <laughs> film. And you know, I think we look alike, but uh, yeah, I get laughs every time I mention that. But who plays you in that feature film? I think. Okay, I probably go with Spike Lee. There you go. Yeah, producer. Yeah. He has glasses like me too. So I was trying to get some quick on my feet, but I also know he's a deep thinker and he was really involved with it came in social movements and much more. And so I would definitely like, be honored to have something like that. Let's say when my great story and then he is from the producer now it's yeah. on the action side, which he has in the, in the past to do that. And that'd be like super awesome. <laughs> Now I got to throw in Spike had a rough night the other day with Trey Young hitting that floater with 0.9 seconds remaining. Uh, poor Spike, he was doing some dancing earlier, and uh, yeah. So I'm up here in the Northeast. So I'm a Celtics fan, so it's tough for me to see the Knicks do anything good. So. You know what that reminds me of? I think it was one of those moments um, you probably remember with against, I think the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, Reggie Miller. But it was, I think he didn't like Reggie Miller. I'm pretty right. sure that was him. That is yeah, right. and then I think he talked noise or whatever. And Reggie Miller was like, watch this. And he went off from the three. He just shot multiple three points. And I think they had this famous famous moment with Spike Lee. It was like this. Yep. <laughs> Re 
Reggie Miller hit uh, had eight points in nine seconds to beat the Knicks in one of those games. So yeah, go I, back that's and, what it was. Man. He was so like, it was crazy. In the garden. <laughs> it, it was fun. It was fun. But, uh, Chris, thanks so much for making the time. And we do. I'd love to personally stay in touch. But anything you're doing that we could promote, let me know. And uh, we just wish you all the best. So thanks again Thank for so staying up late tonight. And again, that's Chris Holmes making some time at C Holmes underscore on Instagram. Make sure you give him a follow. My name is Jeff Fuller, J Fuller interviews, J Fuller interviews on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now the backfire podcast with Jeff Fuller of J Fuller interviews on Google podcasts, Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you check this out. We have some great stories and a lot to learn as people share what is important to them. So we can be co laborers and renew our mind and uh get to that next level thinking thanks all we'll talk to you again soon